We live in a time where masculinity is shamed and men don't know what it means to be a man. As a pastor and counselor, I've spent the better part of my life equipping and training others. My goal with this show is to translate my hard-earned experience into tools and tactics to help you become stronger as a man. This is the Brave Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Bellant. All right. Well, welcome back to the Brave Co. Podcast. This week, I have one of my best friends, Cole Zick. And uh, what's up, fellas? Y'all should know Cole by now. He's been on here before, and we did. Um, we've just done so much stuff together at the Brave Co. Conference last year. We're currently planning out our 2021. No, 20. <laughs> 20 we were just looking at 2021 documents. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> 2023 Brave Co. Conference, which is June 21st through the 23rd. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, we'll have some links. Getting uh, very excited. We'll have some links for that coming up here shortly so that guys can register. But right now we're planning it. Anyways, um, I'm bringing Cole on the podcast like once a month here because we just want to be able to dive into topics that are important to men and important to us. And uh, I think there's probably really no one that I like to talk more about this stuff with than you, Cole. So basically, cause I'm really messed up and willing to share all of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out of all my friends, I tallied, uh, he's got problems. Let's bring him in here. <laughs> you know, you know your strengths and you just lead into yeah. them. <laughs> Hopefully you know your weaknesses. Bro. Hopefully you do. Maybe my, maybe I'd have more strengths if I knew my weaknesses. <laughs> yeah, you probably would. <laughs> well, today, um, we're going to talk about navigating hard seasons in in marriage yep but this also it'll work out in life too yeah, so if you're not if you're not married like don't check out because this is just this is just it and i think part of why we're talking about the subject is i mean one i bet just been through t- tough things i'm laughing because <laughs> the, the, the load of, of stuff that i've gone through in marriage from losing my marriage right yeah um to to like nervous breakdowns and stuff like that. It's, it's just, I've been through a lot. It's a nice thing about being your friend. Yeah. No matter what I bring, <laughs> you've went through worse. <laughs> yeah, it is really funny. Uh, my friends go, well, I always feel bad until until I think about you. And then I go, oh. I'm but, doing great. But if Jay can do it. <laughs> Man, I'm doing awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they call and go, how do I do this? Uh, what do I do? Yeah. Yep, that's true. But, I can attest. Yeah, and- Here's the thing is we don't think about it like this growing up. Like we don't typically think, man, I got to have a plan. I got to have a plan for hard times or I got to have a, a, a real plan for being resilient, like building resilience inside of me, growing my capacity as a man. We don't think about that a lot and mostly because, well, at least how I grew up, you know, I, I watched my parents have some hard times. But I didn't have like these crazy hard yeah. times. And and not everyone was like that, of course. So yeah. lots of guys were, you know, abused, didn't have dads, you know, all that kind of stuff. So so I get it. But we don't typically think like life's gonna be like this. Yep. And but the truth is 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 like there is no way to have a healthy marriage without having a real plan. Totally. For navigating hard times. Because the only way to have fun, healthy, whole, like beautiful times in marriage is to navigate through hard times. Yeah. Uh-huh. And otherwise you have, it, it feels fake and shallow. Like, you know, I know people that just try to avoid the pain of the hard time. Yeah. 
The problem is you never have deep, real connection then. It's true. Like think about when you first got married, right? When, when Lauren and I first got married, we got married and Lauren became instant mom. Yeah. And I'm going to let you share a little bit about yeah, you. Yeah, like overnight. Overnight, right? Yeah. So we went on our honeymoon. We, I'm laughing so hard right now. Looking back, we go on our honeymoon, <laughs> right, to Hawaii. We have this <clears throat> incredible time. And Played Monopoly a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no sex, but the beach was amazing. Yeah, beach and Monopoly. Yeah, <laughs> some cards. And then we get back home. The minute we get inside the house, the kids are like, mom, dad, right? Calling her mom. That quick. Like instant. Wow. And so now all of a sudden she has the weight and responsibility of being mom. Yep. And have ne- she went from being single 25 years of singleness, doing whatever you want. And then overnight, right? She has a responsibility of a, 13 year old and yep. 11 year old and an eight year old or whatever, if the ages aren't perfect, but yeah, I mean, you get the it, point, yeah. right? Like she yeah, has man. all this responsibility. She walks into, I have to create a schedule. I got to create dinners for these kids. Right. Like there's no, like all the other moms got to warm up. They got nine months of mental preparation. Yeah. They got emotional preparation and then it's slowly built. And she's just, it's like taking a frog and tossing them Dude, in boiling water. Like right away. Yeah. And the, the amount of, <laughs> The amount of stress mm-hmm. and tension that that puts on her, but then right puts on me. Yeah. And then on top of that, our kids were in in ch- very challenging times because all the divorce stuff, yeah. right? Like all the stuff sharing kids back and forth, and kids working through pain. And uh, that first year, you know, my daughter just had such a a challenging time. She was so young, right? Oh, she was nine. So. Yeah, she just had such, or maybe 10, such a hard time, internal struggles going on. And so it was like, man, what do you do when your kids aren't doing good in just so much pressure, right? Totally. And the only way, but think about it like this, right? Like the only way to have a really enjoyable marriage is to be able to work through that stuff. Yep. Because you can't avoid it. If it was just her and I, without the kids, without mm-hmm. that extra pressure. Yep. It's like, well, we, we come home from Hawaii and we just kind of continue dating Yeah, in marriage, right? But like you, you guys just didn't kinda, get that. You didn't get that. And, and listen, without kids, marriage is not easy. Right. With kids, it's dang near impossible. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it just, it throws this complexity into it. And I think so many people... Okay, I heard this quote the other day. People aren't falling out of love. You don't fall out of mm-hmm. love. You fall out of connection. Yeah, that's really good. Like not fall. Like you you, you, you drift get out. disconnected. You make choices that pull you away. And then you don't know how to keep that connection. Yeah. Well, dude, who the heck taught you how to be connected in conflict? Yep. Who taught you how to connect in hard times? Who? Yeah, And man, good. when you look at like people who live really happy, healthy, whole lives. Like I can think of a couple. I can think of like you know, Bill, and I think of like Danny Silk, right? Mm-hmm. When I look at Danny, totally. like I'm smiling and I think about Danny, I'm like, yeah. oh, he's got a happy life. Danny's story, which, sorry, Danny, if you're watching this, I'm telling your story, was marriage sucked. Yeah. Marriage was so tough. And at one point, like there was so much conflict between him and Sherry, they were just like about to explode, you know? Like that's the, that's their starting point. Yep. Their starting point together is, <clears throat> 
we come from two dysfunctional backgrounds. Danny's background was so dysfunctional. Yeah. You know, he had just a, a ton of different men in and out of his life. And he shared that before on this podcast. I'm not like yeah. airing out his laundry. But it's like you take these two people who have really dysfunctional past and you put them together and we somehow think like that's going to be This will make a healthy future. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all just going to be easy. Yeah. But it's like, man, in order to have a real happy, healthy marriage and life, just life, forget even marriage, you have to be really resilient. Yeah, it's true. And you have to, at some point, you have to think through like, can I handle tough things? Yep. And how do I get to the point where I can handle tough things? Yeah. What was it like for you and Kate? So we've been married 17 years. She didn't come home to three kids. Yeah. Uh, so it yeah. must have been a cakewalk. <clears throat> yes, cakewalk. Super easy for her. Um, and she's married to me. So Bro. yeah, that made it really easy. So yeah, I mean, we got married young. We were married at 21 and 22. Yeah. You know, lived in Sacramento, made I think like $34,000 a year or something like that. Oh. So I think- money, What year was that? 2006. Okay. So it's still like- Yeah, you're it, on the poverty line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it still was not a lot of money for back then no. even, right? No. <clears throat> um, so, but we didn't care. You know, it was right. the two of us. We were in this tiny little apartment. We had, we bought a futon for 200 bucks that I had to glue together every six months because it was wood and it fell apart. And we got our dining room table for free and our, our bed for free. And it just, none of it mattered. Yeah. Right. Like we were just in love and we got to come home to each other. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, our first, this is pretty, you know, we share this a lot on, you know, in different areas with moral revolution, but uh, she had a quite a bit of trauma from her past that was unresolved. Mm. And so the, the tension in the beginning part of our marriage was lack of ability to connect. Just like intimacy. trauma with her parents or? Uh, sexual stuff. You know, she okay. was sexually active in like 12 years old, seventh grade. Yeah. And so, you know, she didn't find the Lord even until she was 16 or 17. Right. You know, between her sophomore and junior year. So she had four years of... Basically, the way she would describe it is oral sex with countless people, doesn't know how many or the names, and right. was high and drunk most weekends. Holy smokes. You know, so Kate's got, you know, but, and then she found, she gave her life to the Lord at a summer camp and all in. But at 16 or 17, doesn't know anything about soul ties and yeah. counseling and that type of stuff. You know, she did what she could with the knowledge that she yeah. had at each step of the way, and we get married. And realized um first few years like we were probably having sex every other month your first two years yeah we didn't have it on our honeymoon no way yeah i don't think i don't think we probably even had sex sex until maybe two weeks in hold on you didn't know this bro maybe i knew this (laughs) but it's hitting different right now remember yeah okay so can we talk about that can we talk about your your, your honeymoon night yeah so I mean, I'd imagine you grew up like every other guy thinking. Oh, Jay, I couldn't wait. I thought God owed. I felt like God owed me a porn movie, (laughs) and I'd never even seen one. Like I've never even seen one, but I just thought, well, I mean, I've never been with anybody. Yeah, I've waited till this moment. I'm 22. I don't know anybody that's 22. You haven't had sex before. Hadn't even seen pornography before. Oh my gosh! So I'm like, God owes me, like, like. 
what's probably yeah. going to happen is the room is going to turn into heaven and I, this is like my expectation right and so i'm going to have oh my gosh an orgasm that has into, never been experienced yeah, before is, is my expectation this is have you had you masturbated before no never no way i've never masturbated never looked at porn never been with Caitlin's the only one i've touched jay how, how, okay i'm sorry guys we're just finding out that <laughs> We're not that close of friends. <laughs> and now we're going deeper. Okay, so this podcast can take but a little bit Although of I did not go deep on the honeymoon. Yeah, no, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't even get the first base on the honeymoon, no. bro. So, yeah. okay, did you know before your wedding day that that night was like, did you know she had a bunch of trauma? No, we knew she had went through a bunch of stuff. She had... um dealt with it to the best that she knew how to de deal with it, right? Like she, yeah. at that point now, by the time we got married, she had broken soul ties and yeah. went to altars and done all of that stuff. She did a bunch of altar work. She did a ton of altar work, um, which I think all played a good, a, yeah, a, a, an important role, but it did not heal the emotional trauma of these moments when she's 13 years old. Absolutely not. Right, she's 16 and she's with a 24 year old, and right. these backseat situations. You know, there's a time where she remembers being. In what your wife is good with you talking about this stuff. Oh yeah, we share this. I just want everyone to know. absolutely. Yeah. This is like what you guys do for a living. Yeah. Moral so I didn't introduce you. Yeah. You guys, you guys. Have this is what we a, do. A marriage sexuality ministry. Yes. Where this is like what you talk about. Okay. So like one of her big moments was she remembers being in the backseat with a guy who was asking her to have oral sex. She's saying no. She goes, for whatever reason, that night I decided I didn't want to do this anymore. Mm. I never liked yeah. giving all these guys oral sex. Yeah. But it just kind of became who I was, so I had to deliver, right? And she said, she said, she recounts, I sat there and watched the clock for 45 minutes. He gave me reasons and things and basically said, I need you to do this because you've already led me. Don't be a flirt. Don't, you know, I've got blue balls, like all these things that he's using and to manipulate her into wow. it. And finally, she just gives in and does it. Because wow. she's like, I felt like, what else? I just, I got to do it to get That's out of this. so traumatic. And a lot of her scenarios were that, where it was, you know, she said, I wasn't ever raped. I said yes. You know, she, she wouldn't label any of the situations abuse mm -hmm. necessarily. But what she does is culture pressure, social pressure, mm -hmm. pressure from peer pressure, all of that stuff. And so we got into marriage and I would just touch her back. And she'd tense up. You're like, well, she wasn't doing that when you're dating. No, because I wasn't asking her to do sexual things. When That's we were dating. so crazy. Like the, how, how the, our unconscious mind, right? Yeah. Like she wasn't even aware that that was going to be her response. At all. Once sex was on the table. How far did you guys go dating? Just dating? We kissed and touched. Okay. Never had oral sex. Never had sex. But when you touched, was she into it and i'm not asking that she for like, would add, like weird reason I'm yeah like, yeah when we would kiss and make out and stuff yeah. she like i was surprised at the passionate kissing that we let okay, into because yeah. that was even farther that i i had never done yeah. that with anybody so you know we crossed the our personal lines yeah. dating easier to justify because and it, you didn't see the trauma in there none. she wasn't like wow i'm having this crazy like i'm afraid of you. i'm having this crazy experience no so then you get to your honeymoon night and now sex is on the table, oral sex is on the table, you know, mutual masturbations on the table, all right. of these things that are now possibilities. And at first it was physical pain for her. We actually did discover four years in, 
She had extra tissue in her vagina and it caused sex to be incredibly painful. Got it. So once that was addressed, she had she had surgery to have that removed. Once that was done, she thought, well, I'm good. Did you even try to have sex the first night? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, we called our pastor. Got on. <laughs> Absolutely. No way. Uh-huh. We called our pastor, Doug. I go, Doug, his, you know, his wife is Gretchen. I'm like, put Gretchen on the phone. Sex isn't working. We're doing something wrong. Tell us what's going on. No way. Uh-huh. And all four of us sat there and talked about what to figure out how to that fix. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we tried. And then we tried on the honeymoon a few more times. How was that for you? I'm not saying like the mom, I'm saying like, dude, your whole entire life. Massive letdown, tons of disappointment. Um, I think, you know, trying to remember back 17 years ago, um, as far as in the honeymoon moment, I mean, definitely felt very angry, frustrated and disappointed. And yet then trying to kind of guard my feelings because I don't want her to feel like she just ruined our honeymoon. Was she crying? Oh yeah. There was lots of tears. I mean, I would say the first six years of our marriage were failed sex attempts. Wow. I mean, we would try to have sex. It wouldn't work and we wouldn't even try for another month. No way. Yeah. Like it was. Were you guys talking about it? Oh, with anybody that would listen. We talked, we went, we were at a staff retreat. I bet you guys, you guys are so. You know me enough, Jay. We're at a staff retreat and we get done (laughs) with the staff retreat and we're new youth pastors on staff, right? And we go to our senior pastor and his wife because they seem like they have a great sex life. They're talking about it on stage all the time. So we were in the, this thing and we're like, why don't we see if they'll go and like maybe afterwards, can we just talk to them? Maybe they, they, they'll know what our problem is. So we're like, hey, do you, you know, could we talk? And they go, yeah, why don't we go out to dinner together? And they take us to P.F. Chang's. They're probably thinking we're like, Bro. how do we manage our money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we sit down at P.F. Chang's and we're like, so we don't really have sex. It doesn't really seem to work. We can't figure it out. Can you guys tell us what to do? And they're like, Bro. Uh, well, the penis goes in the vagina. <laughs> like, I don't even remember what the response really was, but it, they just were shocked. So shocked. And yeah, and so we had talked with them. We had talked with, you know, Doug and Gretchen who had married us. We were really close with them, still are. Um, anybody that we could. You know, we were like, so it wasn't I, like this thing that you guys didn't talk about. And then like you no. visit it every once every other month. I would say we probably didn't do, do much talk in the first year. We just kind of felt like, hey, this will work itself out. Yeah. You know, she went to the doctor after the honeymoon. The doctor said you should have had sex before marriage. Your vagina would be stretched out and it wouldn't hurt. No. So you just have to have a lot of sex now and you'll be fine. Oh, my gosh. So, we, you know, we did what well, then then once we started to realize, oh, this is I, I would say that we didn't realize even fully that it was emotional for Kate until after Caleb was born when she had the tissue removed, because mm. then so she basically just thought the reason I feel triggered is because it's physically painful. Who oh, would yeah. want physical pain? Right. Once the physical pain was removed and she had the same responses still. So we're talking five years in now. Dang. She's now she's still tensing up and she's like, well, I know it's not going to hurt. Why am I tensing up? And so we started to unpack that. She goes, because I think I feel like you're going to do and say whatever it takes to get me to have sex with you right now. Even though, okay, the craziest thing is that you guys have been together for married five years or six years. Dated for three and a half. Dated for three and a half. And you'd never done that to her. Right. 
Gosh, I hate your wife. <laughs> I'm kidding. I just totally, but totally but kidding. like and and so we're like, okay, why do you think that? And she and she just started to realize, like, oh, this and this. And so then, at first, we tried talking to pastors. We tried talking to people and, and praying through it. Because pastors have all the answers. Yeah, totally. Um, absolutely. <laughs> you know, there's so much pressure that we put on pastors. It's right? Totally true. We're like, my car is not working. Call the pastor. Yeah, uh, having a hard time having sex with my wife. Call the pastor. Yeah, uh, my kids are sick. Call the pastor. Totally, exactly right. So you know, we're trying to get help from where we know to get help. I would say that you know, you're talking now or ten years ago. I would say that we hadn't yet adopted the belief that counseling was good for everybody. Yeah, I think it, there was still a bit right. of like, like messed up people. Go to that's counseling. for the messed up people, right? Yeah. Um, and so we start to realize that we're talking to pastors. We're trying to have be intimate, have sex. Most nights end in tears. She's crying. Gosh. I'm angry. We're looking the other way on the bed and we're falling asleep just Dude. trying to deal. That's and, what and, I'm talking about. And I'm talking That's the so lowest crazy. moment, the lowest period, which you're going to think there's no, in a minute I'll tell you what you'll think was the lowest period. But I would say the lowest point was when, I mean, I would say year six and seven maybe six times those years maybe Golly. like i don't know i wasn't counting but it yeah you know what i mean maximum yeah. 10 times yeah in the year and never one time having an awesome experience oh never having an awesome experience ever it was caitlin's gritting her teeth through it and figuring out how to manage it because she loves me enough to let me get off and sex was basically about me getting off then wow. at that point and because i didn't come in with a porn addiction and an orgasm addiction and a dopamine serotonin addiction in that yeah. out area. I was actually like, as right. frustrated as I was, I, I didn't, I hadn't built this big, huge sexual appetite that yeah. had to be fulfilled. Thank God. Right. So, and then it got to the point though, where, okay, the pain's gone. Maybe it had been two years now. I don't know. We've talked with everyone we can talk with. We've prayed and we're still there. And I just, you know, and then she's now feeling like, I'm ruining our marriage. Yeah. I'm the re, you, you don't deserve this. You know, this, this, you don't deserve this because you waited till you were married and you have to deal with me and you know, all these things. And I, I did, I did my best to never make her feel that way. Yeah. Not that I was probably perfect at that all the time. Well, right? you're feeling so disappointed and after six and tired. Totally. So it's like, how do you hide that? It's, it, it was tough. And so it gets, we get to the point one night where we, Tried to have sex, couldn't do it. Caitlin starts crying in the middle of it. She just does not want to do it. And we get, you know, we start talking through it and fighting through it and, you know, all of the things that went with it. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I'm like, that's just the best night, right? I'm literally picturing like, the bedroom we were in too, like that like house that we lived in. Midway into sex and you're in a fight and your wife's crying. It's like, is there anything worse on the planet than that? No. And here's, well, the worst part is you thinking, well, she's crying. Am I horrible if I just finish before we actually work through this? The fact that that thought even comes into my mind is the worst thing on the planet. Yeah. Because then you're like, oh, I'm a monster. Yeah. What's wrong with me? <laughs> I'm not human. Do we have to edit that? <laughs> um, I mean, you don't have to for me. But, yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, so... That night where it kind of, well, I would say was probably ended to be, ended up being the best night of our life. Wow. Because we, we, we hurt through it. We 
cry through it. We probably yelled through it. You know, I don't remember all mm -hmm. of that was entailed. But she, it, in, what it really did to the marriage is it made her feel like the inferior part of the marriage because mm -hmm. she could Absolutely. not give me what, I was able to give her what she wanted. Yeah. She was not able to give me what I wanted, which caused her to constantly feel like- So much shame. The brokenness is because of me, yeah. the, you know, all of this stuff. She was never fully, like who she is today is not even close to who yeah. she was then. And, you know, the, the narrative of you, I, you've, you have to wish you were with someone else. You have, like, how could you want to be with me? Da, 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 da. And I, it got to a point where I, once the emotions had subsided a bit, I go, Caitlin, I don't actually, like, I don't have some time frame that I want to be having great sex by. Mm. But what I do want to know is that you're, that we're working on it and you're working on it. Like, I want to know we're not going to be stuck here. Right. I go, if we're going to be stuck here forever, it's very overwhelming. Yeah. If you will get help and we will get help, I'll go to counseling. If we'll, like, just at least take a step in that direction, that gives me enough hope to say, okay, let's keep going. I don't regret marrying you. Yeah. I don't wish it was someone else. Right. I'm good in that sense. And so that led us to go to counseling. So we get into counseling. We both go to the first session. Like a sex therapist? Um, she was a marriage therapist. I only saw yeah. her the first time and then Kate saw her for about a year and a half. Yeah. So I don't know exactly if she was a sex therapist, yeah. but we, Caitlin, when she tells a story, she'll say, after I went to bed that night, she got online and looked up Christian sex therapist. Like she's like, okay, yeah. I've got to solve this. solve this. So we go to the counselor first time and it's both of us and we're talking through everything and she comes to the con couple conclusions. She says, you know, I don't know that I need to meet with both of you. I think I can just work through this with Caitlin. I'll let you like, will you come back if I need you? I'm like, yeah, of course. She, and then she says for the next couple weeks while we are resetting, can you guys not be intimate? I'm like, easy. We're not intimate anyways. Done. So Done. Done. yeah, that, a couple of weeks ended up being 18 months though. No way. So for a year and a half, we didn't even attempt intimacy. Holy smokes. In any way, shape or form. No. Yeah. Not and just intercourse. You didn't do anything. Nothing. Bro. And Cause we had like, basically what we had done. You may be the strongest man I know on the planet. I think it's you physically. I've seen some things you've accomplished, but. Um, the, you know, even before that time, we found things that we did that weren't sex. Yeah. It wasn't oral sex because she, that was yeah. a big trigger for her. Um, that I would at least, it would essentially, I mean, yeah. it was, it was me getting off. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, that's just the reality. There's no intimacy, but it yeah. was, at least was satisfying the, yeah. the bit of urge that I had. But not even that, like even got to the point in that year and a half where like our kissing was very minimal because I'm right. like. Who wants to turn that into? Who on? wants, I don't want your lips on my lips. I can't handle that. <laughs> Like, there's no way we're kissing because, like. Just the thought of hugging you, I'm just done. The, yes, exactly. I can't see you in the bathroom. I need you fully. Like, when you get out of the shower, you dress quick. So we went through that year and a half, and that was honestly what did it. Like, she went through a really, we went to, we had a really phenomenal counselor. Caitlin went through a, a thing called EMDR. Yep. Uh, that really helped unlock the trauma. Yep. She um, diagnosed her with PTSD. Yep. So those experiences, you had PTSD, yep. which we never even would have thought to associate that. Absolutely. Right? You think war or yep. 
car accident, stuff like that. Yep. Um, 18 months gets over and we basically redid a honeymoon. Mm. But this time we didn't go into the honeymoon with the expectation of sex. You didn't put a ton of pressure on her. Like it's been 18 months and I spent all this money on counseling. We better get a result tonight. No, I figured I just spent 18, we just spent 18 months and all this money on counseling. I don't want to screw it up again. There's zero pressure. Take as long as you need. Take your time. And so we, you know, we lived in Sacramento. We went over to Napa. It was only a few days. It wasn't like a full honeymoon, but by the end of it, we ended up having sex. And then from then on, she just was was that first time back. Was it like, wow, that was different? It was, de- yeah, it was definitely different. Because she was engaged. Or she, something. If she was engaged, she got we got done, and she goes that like I didn't feel triggered. I didn't feel my brain didn't go back to old situations. Wow. She's like, it's gone and it's never come back. So Amazing. we've been married for seventeen years. That was probably year eight. Mm. Okay. Now, for the next three years, we're having sex way more frequently, um, weekly. Yeah. But, and she's not feeling triggered. She's not feeling pain, but she's not having orgasms. She's not ex- enjoying it at all. Right. Uh, she didn't have her first orgasm till like year 11. Right. Which is an issue for a lot of women. Yeah. Which is pr- very, very common. <clears throat> and that adds pot, like, What's wrong with me is the man, and you know. So then there's mm-hmm. there's layers to that, um, and then it was it was wild that she she felt like the Lord told her to write a book. She committed to write a book. It, it, we don't know that it was this, but the next time we had sex, she she had an orgasm. She's had one almost every time since. It's crazy. Like it was almost like, you know, I don't. That's how she correlates it. But um, yeah, you know what's um, okay. I mean, obviously that this podcast took a little bit of a turn, but. Not even for, I mean, for the good, right? Like we're talking about, you have to be able to navigate through hard times to get to good times. I mean, that is how we started. Yep. Or you will never get to the good times of marriage. Yeah, that's right. Because this misconception is that like good things in life are going to come to me. Yep. They're not going to come to you. Mm -hmm. You're going to set yourself up. You're going to steward them. You're going to, it's just crazy how much you guys had to work to get to a place of, health Mm -hmm. and just like i mean you're 11 years in and finally she has like she experiences like an orgasm in which it isn't like i'm not saying like oh that's the pinnacle yeah but like where you both are experiencing the same thing right it changes the way that you engage with it right like i would say before that it was easy you know once we got she got through counseling it was easy for me to feel intimately connected to her in lovemaking I don't know that she, I think it, it was for her in the form of like, for me, like I'm happy to do something for her that she wants yeah. done that I don't necessarily want to do because I love her. Yeah. I think it probably created intimacy for her in that sense, Yeah, but it was nothing compared to the intimacy that we have now in it. Right. In the excitement for both of us. Yeah. That shared joy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. So it, you know, when I look back, you know, and, and to bring it back to the topic of, you know, how, how do we prepare ourselves to navigate for, for challenging things? Um, one of the things that we have always done that I will give total credit to Caitlin for, she refuses to allow us to go to sleep mm. until we have not only worked through an issue, but that we've had 10 minutes of happy time. No way. Which... Early on, drove me nuts. Yeah, so because she wouldn't even bring crap up till like eleven p.m. Right, and I'm like, why? 
if this is such a big deal, why, why didn't we start at three? Why didn't we start when we got home from work? <laughs> why are we talking about this at 11 p.m.? Because now it's 3 a.m. Yeah. And I'm going to be in the office tomorrow right. at 9 a.m. Yeah. What's happening? Why? Yeah. And now when I look back, I would say that was probably one of the best tools for us. Yeah. Because by knowing you're not going to get out of this conversation until not only we've resolved it, but you also have moved into a, you've transitioned from just resolution to I love you, I want to be with you and these strong positive feelings towards each other. What it did is it caused both of us to commit to creating healthy communication practices. If I don't want to be up till 3 a.m., do you know what I'm doing at 8? Right. Hey, babe, anything you want to talk about tonight? <laughs> Dude, totally. Right? You're checking in. I'm checking in. Yeah. I'm intentionally communicating when it doesn't, when I'm not sensing there's, like, because there'd be nights I felt hijacked. Like, I was so disconnected. Yeah. She's got this big, massive thing, and I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah. Like, it's her fault. That Absolutely. I wasn't paying enough attention yeah. to know that it's that big of a deal to her, right? And yeah. so that, I would say that's probably the thing that, I don't want to say saved our marriage because I don't feel like even in that time our marriage was ever in danger. But that's the thing that, that was our our saving grace, our strength mm. was, hey, we're not going to go to sleep angry ever. And if that means we have to learn the habit of connecting sooner and not watching the office after dinner, but talking and connecting them, that's what we're going to do so that we don't right. get to this point. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I laugh because of the 10 minutes of happy time. Right? Oh, like, man. God dang. It's one thing to resolve the conflict and be like on neutral ground. Like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm, I'm glad we got here. I'm going to bed though. But the 10 minutes of happy time. And then she requires 10 minutes of happy time. <laughs> yeah. What what a beast. She's awesome. She is a beast. And and I would say the older the, the older we've got, the more mature we've gotten, the less time those conversations take. Yeah. A conversation that took four hours oh, 15 dude. years ago yeah. takes 30 minutes yeah, now. Yeah, it's true. And, and that's the real benefit, right, to to making that agreement that you stick with. Yeah. It's like if you know that you're going to have to do that, that's the only pathway forward that you guys have both agreed on. Yeah. Then you just suck it up and you do it mm -hmm. as opposed to. And you find healthier ways to do it. Yeah, you do. Gaining those tools. I think that for for most people in marriage, there's a real pull to escape. Yeah. And again, it goes back to one of the first comments that we talked about. Like people don't fall out of love, mm -hmm. but they get into these, they get so disconnected that no, I don't, not only do I not feel anything for you, I feel negative about you. Yeah. Like I don't want what we had before. Totally. It's so unappealing and we're so disconnected I can't even remember what we're disconnected about. Yep. We're just really disconnected. Oh, yeah. Well, I felt there was seasons that we were there 100%. Yeah. And so I think, you know, for guys, for sure, because mostly it's guys listening to this podcast. A lot of women listen to it too. But the pull to escape, the pull to like, I know for me, and I think I can speak for every guy, almost every guy, when you don't feel good at something, you don't want to do it. Oh, absolutely. Like, man. I just don't even want yep. to try. I would rather, I'll stay at work till, I'm really busy. Like, I've, I'm finding things to do. So I don't have to come home. Oh, it's so true, Jay. And address this chaos that I don't know how to fix. And man, the that just compounds the problems, right? Absolutely. Instead of going, hey, I feel like a poser. I don't know what I'm doing. Or I'm really dreading 
yep. coming home. We just don't. We find reasons to not, or yep. we find reasons to to avoid the stuff that we're going in. And man, it's it, true. Yeah, it just sinks us so fast. And uh, and once you get into that mode, I think I think guys have to look at this as a warning sign, right? Like when you start avoiding things in your life, especially in your marriage, when you start yep. avoiding that, that should be a red flag to you. Absolutely. Time does not heal all wounds. Time no. only heals the wounds that have been sanitized. <laughs> Bro, it's true. Yeah, Otherwise, time makes they turn you, into gangrene. It and, makes you forget why you are the way that you are. Yeah. In time. It's just like, I can't even. So I think that, that, that guys should like, evaluate their life, evaluate their marriage and go like, man, am I avoiding a bunch of stuff here? Have I settled for something I shouldn't settle for? Yeah. Have I avoided something I shouldn't be avoiding? Yeah. I'd love to talk about um, expanding your caring capacity because one of the things that we were talking about earlier um, is the one of the most challenging things in life often isn't what you're going through. It's what others are going through around mm -hmm. you that you have to carry. Totally. And <clears throat> I think it's Ephesians 6 that talks about carrying one another's burdens, mm -hmm. right? Like we have the, we have our own load to carry, but then we have a burden. And when you look at the definition of a burden, that definition of a burden is something that if carried alone would be damaging. Hmm. And <clears throat> we know that no person was ever meant to live alone, right? And and there's, that's like a whole nother podcast about loneliness and how yeah. people are so lonely right now. But as a dad, if I just think about myself right now, I have five kids and a wife. So as a dad. Has that gotten normal when you say I have five kids? No, not yet. Because it's still... Feels yeah. like it slaps me in the face, I and know. it's not me. It's you. Yeah, I have a <laughs> I have a twenty three year old, twenty one year old, eighteen year old, um, three year old, and a ten month old. So for those that want to just experience great joy, go back and find the Instagram video of Christmas. Your dad reading the Christmas story to oh, Edie. Yeah. I've watched it like five times. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's on and, Instagram. It'll change your life. And my kids are incredible. But the reality is like. Man, if it was just me, if this was just my, like yeah. if I, it's just single, I look at single guys and I'm like, dude, you don't have any problems, which they do. But I, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, it's like when a single person tells you, gosh, I'm exhausted. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're like, bro, we, we, when we were youth pastors and we had young adults and that would come in, hey, how you doing on a Sunday morning? Oh, I'm so tired. I would just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> or they say, I'm so busy. Oh, uh, you've never been tired or busy. <laughs> seriously like, what is wrong with you but yeah. part of what happens is we grow our capacity as humans like we it's don't have totally this true. fixed capacity you find out in marriage right that unless you're lauren you get tossed into capacity <laughs> yeah you get tossed in <laughs> but you find out that yeah. if i want to if i want to do more i have to manage more i have Absolutely. to be willing to manage more and some of that's time management but a lot of that is emotional and mental capacity yeah, yeah. And there are some some real challenges and real secrets to growing your capacity. And I think that that it's worth talking about because yep. otherwise life just feels, you feel like you're fixed and this is all that you can do. Mm -hmm. And and if you're not careful, you don't think that you can do hard things. Yep. And so you will, I mean, you won't want to get married or you won't want to have kids. It's true. 
right? And I know a lot of young people that are like, I don't know that we're going to have kids. I'm like, why are you not going to have kids? Well, they're just so hard. Yep. I'm like, well, how are you going to have anything enjoyable in your life? Long lasting, enjoyable if you don't have kids. And yep. I, I'm not saying that you can't. I'm saying as a married couple, like it's true. If you don't have kids, what's next? What are yeah. you going to build? Because you have to put time, effort, energy, suffering into 100%. something to really enjoy that. But I want to just kind of talk through like how to grow your capacity. Yeah. And because I think that's a big deal for people. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, the, the advice I would give to people on this is intentionally choose the harder thing on a choice. Hmm. Like just the next time. The next time that you have to decide between two things, pick the harder one. Mm. Just for the sake of teaching yourself that you can accomplish hard things that you don't think you can accomplish. So mm. like when we got married, I felt <clears throat> like I knew nothing about carpentry, fixing things. Yeah. Like my dad's a builder, her dad's a builder, they're both contractors, and I never had fixed anything in my life. Um, That's not intimidating. Yeah, oh, right. <laughs> Yeah. Totally. Like her, her dad builds million dollar homes. My dad's a real estate and contracting genius. He's, he's built his own company. Like I'm, I, So we get into our first house <laughs> and this little piece of trim falls off the cabinet. And she's like, hey, can you fix this? I'm like, I don't know how to fix things. I'm incompetent. Yeah, I'm inco- I, I don't, I'm not that guy. Yeah. We have to wait till one of your, our dads come. And so this piece of, this wood piece of trim. Dude. Like the crown molding on the top of the cabinet just sits on the, I just put it up on the cabinet and we're just waiting for one of the dads to come whenever they were going to come. Right. And so while we're youth pastors at this time and we decided we wanted to renovate our youth room, but we had a very limited budget to do so. So we had gotten enough money to buy all the flooring. One of the leaders in the youth group, her dad was a flooring guy. So I asked him, Hey, would you come over and show us how to do the flooring? It's like a pastor ask. You know what the pastor yeah, asks? No, for sure. You, what was I really doing when I was asking him to come over and show you me how to do it? You were asking him to do it. I wanted him to say, I'll just do it for you. Yeah. So he comes over, takes two hours, literally does what I ask, shows me how to do it and says, have a good one. <laughs> and he walks out the door. <laughs> and so you know what I did? You figured it out. I installed the entire floor yeah. in our youth room. Yeah. And I got done... It was the first any type of anything like that I'd ever done. Mm-hmm. And I had de- defined myself as I don't do this stuff. Yeah. And I got done. And I, I don't remember a time feeling more like. Proud of yourself. Oh, man. Just like. That was better than any sermon I had preached that far in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm exhausted. It took me a week. <clears throat> you know, I had some help. I got home. And I'm exhausted. I sit down to eat. And I'm feeling just like the man. And I look up at the trim, the piece of trim on the sitting on the cupboard. And I go, literally, it's crazy what doing the hard thing once does. Because I look up at it, I go, I could fix that. Didn't even think twice. Yep. I went to the store, bought the tiny little nails that you can't see with the little yep. thing that you bang it in. Like stuff I... All, the stuff I wouldn't even have known to look for before, yep. right? That all of a sudden I'm like, oh, surely they make something for that. Yeah. I just installed the floor. I could fix a piece of trim. And now, you know, 12 years later, I have built an entire in-law quarters. I've installed multiple floors. I've done drywall. I've done insulation. I've remodeled a bathroom. Yeah. 
And more importantly, it doesn't matter if you have the skill set or not. What you learned is that you can learn. I learned that I can learn. And you learn how to learn, yeah. And I did one hard thing and it taught me, wait a sec, I could expand my capacity in this. I could yeah. do the next hard thing yeah. and the next hard thing. Now, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's helping someone, you're intentionally choosing I'm going to do the thing that's not fun so I can teach myself what I'm capable of. Man, and that's so important, right? Like I can do hard things is that that message, being able to say that to yourself opens up a whole world of possibilities. The belief that you can, right? That you can handle it and not necessarily even on your own uh, because I think that that's one of the big misconceptions. Absolutely. Is that you can do this on your own. You can't. No. You don't have what it takes to do it on your own. Like you can fix your sex life on your own. No. And I mean, that's, you know, I'm not going to go down that road, but I love that. Yeah, I think it's so true. Another piece to growing your capacity, which it goes along with the, I can do, I can do hard things to me is find the expert. Yeah. So Man, so many times in my life, I have, I'll just talk about like in counseling. Mm -hmm. I've had people come in with issues that they've had for so long and they're super discouraged and we'll spend maybe two appointments like working through it, brainstorming it and their whole entire outlook has changed. Yeah. And it's like, well, why didn't you come in? Friggin' five years ago. Totally. Why did you just carry that? Absolutely. Your whole entire life, you carried this. Yeah. And that's happened to me. Like I had OCD and I've talked about it on this podcast. And I sat down with a friend of mine. Her name's Margaret Renegade, which I've also had on the podcast. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, people should go back and listen Margaret. to her. And I was explaining to her this anxiety, this crazy amount of anxiety that I have. And she goes, oh, Jay, people with OCD have that. Like, that's what it sounds like. And she's like, I'm not saying that you have OCD. Right, like, it, and this yeah. goes with what we're talking about. My capacity to deal with anxiety was so low, yeah, that even the thought of having anxiety would throw me over totally. the edge. Totally, right? Like, I, I had, I had, if my capacity could be an ocean, I had a little puddle, yeah, a little water puddle. Totally, that's it for yeah. anxiety. As soon as she goes, "Hey, I'm going to give you three tools and three tips," the three R's. Recognize, um, relabel, and refocus. And I learned how to do those. Yep. My capacity for dealing with anxiety has like a thousand X. Yeah. It's awesome. Because I found somebody who's an expert in that area. Yep. And I was able to <clears throat> like, like, man, if I want to have a happy, joy-filled, peace-filled life, I can't avoid the anxiety that I feel. Yep. I actually have to get tools. And if I'm going to get tools, then I have to find somebody that has those tools and I'm going to go get those. Yep. Who are people going to, right? Like, who are you going? What are the problems that you have in your life and who's helping you solve those? Yep. Well, and I think you're, we're also evaluating like which ones can I invite someone into? Mm. So, you know, the example I would give, I mean, you know this, we we just came out of another tough season. Even mm -hmm. though, you know, what I we talked about, you know, in our sex life that Kate and I have shared a ton. Yeah. The season that we just came out of, I would actually probably label as the hardest three or four month period that we've went through. Mm. Um, her dad was very sick. Her and I were taking turns flying back to take care of him. His cancer, right? 
uh, his cancer and then he got a staph infection and it just, and he needed, a, you know, he needed to be fed through a feeding tube and needed daily help. And, and there was just a lot, you know, so yeah. we were both going back and forth and I love her dad. I mean, we, it, like, it's like, we both want to do it. Like I love her dad. She obviously loves her dad. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't like it was that burden in that sense, but it's, you're, you're carrying a very, very big life or death situation for someone else. Right. In the middle of this season, <clears throat> we have an older house here in Reading. We find out the plumbing's went bad and we're going to spend seven grand overnight to God. get the plumbing fixed. Otherwise we can't use our drains, our toilets, anything. Wasn't water pouring underneath your house? Like four or five different places. <laughs> it's just coming through the, oh my gosh. The, that, that was on like one of the windows that I was home that was discovered. Then the washer breaks. Then the refrigerator breaks. Like, you know, you're just like- Stuff stacking up. Stuff stacking up all in the same. I mean, we had a $20,000 month. Golly. Yeah. We had just gotten a pretty good chunk of money that we weren't expecting. And we're like, we're going to pay off our cars. I pay off the first car. And then everything breaks. Like, we're not paying off our cars. Yeah. We're pay we paid off one. You know, which we're, again. We're going to fix plumbing. That's exciting. Right. Like, it was there. Like, we're, you know, I'm super, I'm not complaining, but I am acknowledging that sucked. Yeah. Well, her dad couldn't be helped by anybody else. That was a burden that we were carrying with them for them. I couldn't call you and say, hey, you want to fly to Buffalo yeah. and help out Kate's dad? Like, No, I don't. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you, we had a number of stuff like that. I'm not going to call my dad and say, hey, will you play, pay for my plumbing? Like, yeah. those are things. But then, as we're m moving through this stuff, we have a moment with one of my kids, which I'm not going to give a ton of details to, to protect him. You obviously know about this. And he said something one morning, you know, and it was a big deal. And it felt like a really big deal. He was in a bunch of pain. He's in a bunch of pain. And we're like... We need help. And I, in the middle of the conversation, text you, hey, we're doing, I was supposed to be meeting with you anyways. Um, first of all, I'm not going to make it to the meeting. <laughs> Canceled the meeting. Second of all, I might need you in a minute. Yeah. And I think that that's probably the, the that that three month season is a really good depiction of it. Because as a man, I am called to, to bear other people's burdens. Yeah. My wife needed me to help with her family. I'm happy to do it. I'm yeah. glad that I was able to. Uh, I had to take care of my family and the needs at home. And then we got to something where I'm like, okay, this is something I can get help from. And you know what? I'm not going to wait yeah. a week, a month, six months. Hey, Jake, can you come over in an hour? Yeah. Because it felt like, number one, my capacity was, I was already maxed. maxed. And then for it to be my kid, who I, you know, it's so different when it's your kids mm. because you're, it's, there's so much more emotion. It, it's unlosable. Yeah. I, you, you, I'll do like, I'll, I can lose the plumbing. Yeah. I don't want to lose, yeah. but I can lose. I can't, I got to win this. Yeah. So I think for me, that's a, when you're asking for help is being aware, like what are the things that it's your God given calling to carry? Mm. And then what are the things that you better call for help? And the quicker you do, the better it the outcome is. Yeah. I think that's the reality is we, you're right. We, people wait too long. Um, and I, the, the sooner you get triage there, a lot of times, the better and the quicker and the more complete the healing process is. You know, it's been so cool in the, this past couple of years is <clears throat> this past couple of years. I look at my life in one of the things that's allowed me to, to do more is I have way more qualified friends in mm -hmm. my life. And totally. Part of that's just age. 
but part of that has been intentional. Like this guy, I need somebody in my life that can help me, Yep. you know, work through business stuff. I need somebody in my life that can help me whatever, do some planning. I need somebody in my life that can help me in, in stewarding. a sprinkler system. Yeah. Yeah. I called you over to help me do that. <laughs> but that has been so massive. And yep. when I start to look at my life, right? Like if I was to go, so um, I oversee the transformation center, which is our counseling department at Bethel. I oversee our men's ministry and you help yep. me with that together. Um, I oversee Brave Co., of course. Four, five children. Yeah. The kids. And then when I start to look into those different worlds, I have these other guys and experts that are in that world that are helping me do it. Yeah. I'm not doing almost, there's like, I, w- I would almost say there's no part of my life that I'm doing it on my own. But asking for help is so hard. So hard. Like that, even that morning when I'm like, I knew I needed help. Yeah. But I, it, you're just like, oh, this is vulnerable. This is embarrassing. Yeah. Why can't I manage this on my, like you have all of this man stuff that prevents you from wanting to do it. Yeah. Man, it's so critical to get over that. Yeah. And like it's true. So important to get over that thing that makes us feel like we're supposed to solve all of it because it, you, you end up being, my kids would then be confined to my weaknesses. Yeah. Like my, my son wouldn't it's so true. be on the path that he's on right now. Had no. we not asked for help quickly. Yeah. It's so true that our ego is, uh, man, it's one of the things that just kills us mm-hmm. from really moving forward. I would say it's a strength of yours. Like I, what you're saying, I would describe you that way, I mean, to a T. Like I feel like you are so good at intentionally saying, hey, I'm a man and I will carry my stuff, but I'd rather do it together because we'd be, we'll be way more effective. You know, uh, I learned it from my dad. And I watched my dad do that so much growing up. And I watched him help a lot of people too in the church. We had, we were in a really small church growing up. And so we'd always, I mean, we were there late yep. cleaning up even if it was the Super Bowl, right? Like we're there to help clean up after totally. the service. And then we're constantly going over other people's houses and helping fix cars or helping out. And But my dad, I mean, taught me like that I don't have to know everything and do mm-hmm. everything and be everything. Yeah. And as much as like that's been taught to me, it's still hard. Yeah. It's not super easy. And, but on the flip side of that, it's part of how you also experience real joy in a relationship. Absolutely. Like when you called me or text me, hey, bro, I'm in a bind. Can you come? Like, I want to do nothing more than come. Hmm. Like, yeah, I want to come totally. in there and I want to sit down with one of you, you know, your family member who was in that. And I want to like lend all my strength to that. Totally. And have a great result. And then make sure that like, well, are we still on, yeah. on track? And for me, I mean, being a counselor, working in this world forever, I, ha- I feel like I have the privilege of helping my friends. Yeah, totally. And a lot of people look at it and go like, oh, you you don't help your friends out, do you? Like, because of, of the, it's like too yeah, vulnerable totally. for them. And I'm like, well, what else is a friend for? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I've gained all this knowledge and, and wisdom that, that I just gained, right, throughout yeah. the years. And if I can't use that on the people that I love the most. Yeah, why have it? Why, how are we even friends? Totally. It, it, that wouldn't make any sense. I agree. Like, it's funny because like even, like I've become handy enough with stuff that I can, not that I'm not saying I could charge. I wouldn't even get to that point. But I've yeah. had people offer to pay me before. Yeah. I'm like, ah, I don't, I, no thanks. Like I wouldn't do it for somebody for money. But when a friend asks me to, I'm like, oh yeah. 
Like I would love to come over and help you yeah. with that. I do know how to do that. Yeah. It, I'd be pumped to help like the day that we did your sprinklers. Yeah. yeah. Like I actually was super excited. I got done. I went home. Kate's Kate, like, how was I? Because it was awesome. I was super glad to be able to use some knowledge that I've gained to help Jay. Like it, yeah. it is awesome how that yeah. feeling is there. It's so true. So every time you add somebody to your life that's an expert, you grow your capacity, mm -hmm. the actual carrying capacity of what you can accomplish. And when you look at, I used to think like, man, great leaders have this crazy ability to do everything. And when you start to look at it, it's like, no, administrators make the world go around. That's right. But great leaders put those administrators in place, right? Yeah. And great leaders help so to good. lead. And when you start to really look at it, like what makes... There's no one person that's like so incredible that they just do everything. Yeah. They look and assess what areas of their life are they good at? What areas do they need help at? What areas are they avoiding? And they manage it according. Yeah, and they great. get help in those areas. And, and man, guys, if we would just literally sit down and assess our lives, what is the state of the union? Yeah. In my life, in my marriage, my that's finances, great. my emotions, and then start to go like, okay, what do I need to do? So the other way to expand your carrying capacity is to offload stuff that's slowing you down. Mm -hmm. And I would say that like with your that's wife, really good. right? Like your wife had all this trauma. Like that trauma is not doing her any good. Yeah, It's not helping her in any way. And at one point, like it was protecting her prob probably at some point, like a self-protection from, from being taken advantage of or whatever. That trauma is not serving any purpose. Yep in her life. So now she's got to go to counseling to like offload that baggage so that there's room for other stuff. And again, like secret sin is one of those. Mm -hmm. If you have, if you're living with secrets, right? If you're, if you're looking at porn and you're not telling anybody, if you're, those are places in your life that's just simply taking up space yeah. and it's wearing you out because you're carrying it constantly. Yeah. Could be a negative self view, right? Like your low self-esteem will lower your capacity so fast because you're constantly telling yourself you can't do this you're not yeah. good enough you're, it's that you don't have any confidence yep so although you could do more totally you'll never ever even tap into it you'll yep. never even get close to tapping into your capacity absolutely like I, I honestly think if people would stop and just look at like am i carrying extra baggage right now yep and if i am what do i need to go do to offload that yeah it's huge because I think that most people's energy and efforts are used not in what they're actually doing, but what's actually happened to them mm -hmm. through their life. The, the stress, the pressure, the internal, um, just the, like the internal battles. I, so many people are carrying so much baggage that takes up most of their bandwidth. It's true. You know what it's like? It's like having, um, my dad would be able to explain this way better than I can, but it's, um, it's like having a drain on your battery. It's like leaving the light on yep. in your car or having a short, mm -hmm. right? I remember um, we. my dad is a mechanic, so people would bring their car into him and they'd be like, the battery's bad. My car won't start, you know? And he'd be like, well, it's not actually your battery's fault. You have this thing over here mm -hmm. that has a short that's draining it's the battery. Draining the power. It's draining the power. Yeah. It's not. You don't actually have a battery problem. Yeah. You don't have a capacity problem. What you have is this thing that's sucking it that's dry. That's right. And you spend all your emotional and mental time on damage control 
rather than building for the future rather than building and living from victory you're like yeah. oh i gotta i gotta deal with this and that this thing's pulling you back well yeah. you can't build the foundation of a castle on that right? no you can't i think the other thing too is like bitterness and unforgiveness oh golly want to talk about a drain yeah. on your capacity is have a battle in your mind unconsciously all day long yep which you can have unforgiveness towards yourself and bitterness towards yourself, right? And towards people. And it doesn't even have to be a big thing. No. It's crazy how little of a thing will creep in and keep us bound. Yeah. Yeah. Which again is back to, listen, if you could have fixed that your own, you probably would have already. Yeah, that's right. So who do you need to reach out to to, to go and actually begin to address that? And yeah, man. Well, there you go, gentlemen. Yeah. I just get excited because if we're circling back, like there's this idea of, so Angela Duick, um, she talks about, yeah, she talks about being gritty, right? In, in people with grit, people who are gritty, people who have the ability to withstand pressure, um, those people, those people go further in life, right? Those people accomplish more than the guy who doesn't have any grit and and she talks about like one of the areas one of the differences between people who are are like gritty and and somebody who's not is people who are gritty have this growth mindset yep they have this this belief that i'm not fixed i'm not stuck this isn't all of who i am yeah and people who um but people who have a fixed mindset right like this is who I am. Oh, I am who I am. Th- that becomes this limiter yes. in your life and you will never grow beyond that capacity. Absolutely. And so I think like, man, guys, where you're at today, if your marriage is amazing or if it sucks, like you can go to another level. That's right. And just because you're at a place of comfort, don't stop there. Yeah. What's keeping you from a place of greatness or excellence is probably doing the hard thing, like Cole talked about in the very beginning. Yeah. Right. Like take on a harder task, which or create a better, more structured routine. That's right. It's good. You know, work out every day or cut out sugar like cut you out just sugar. Did. Yeah. That's right. Do With s- Jason's voice in the back of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Do the things that you're gonna be really proud of. And at the end of the day, you know, a couple years, eleven years into your marriage, you can look back and go, Wow, I'm really proud of where we're at but I don't want to stay here. But you don't want what to What I hear you saying right now is at one point I was having sex six times a year. Yeah. You know, now we're a few times a week. What I'm hearing you say is I should be shooting for daily. Daily. That's what I feel like you're hourly. saying to me right now. Yeah, hourly. Yeah. I'm gonna see if Caitlin will buy into <laughs> this new vision. She might. <laughs> Guys, hope that was helpful for you this week. Um, yeah, take a, go look at the state of the union of your life. Take a look That's at great. it. Check out where it's at and ask yourself, what do you need to do to really grow your capacity as a man and quit avoiding pain and bring other guys into your life? Cool. Does that work? The knife or the advice? The advice. Both work, yes. (laughs) Awesome. Guys, stay brave. Have a good week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Brave Co. Podcast. If you like this podcast, would you please rate it, review it, 
Leave us a great comment. And if you like this episode in particular, share it with your friends and family. That helps us to spread the word. Guys, stay brave. We'll see you next week.